Hey everyone, it's Nellie Thomas here. How are you doing? This is Dear Nellie, Sex, Relationships and Dating from the Other Side of 40. We hope you're loving the podcast as much as we are. A few quick things before we get into the show. Uh, for information about our fabulous live shows, which we do semi-regularly, go to NellieThomas.com and follow the links. We've just done a few in Melbourne, one in Sydney, and we'll be back for more early next year in 2024. Now your listener calls are the backbone of this podcast. They're the best. Chuck out the rest. Take a chance. Send me in your question, your comment, your dating story, regret, anything really. We absolutely love hearing from you and you can remain anonymous. Follow the links on my website or see the show notes for more information. To support the podcast and keep it coming out for free, please rate it on whatever app you're on now. Just pull it out. Hopefully give it a five-star rating that helps other people find it. Tell your mates, share it on socials, do all that stuff. If you can, please join Patreon or Acast Plus for five bucks a month and you get a bonus episode every month and some other perks. If you can't, that's also fine. Just keep listening every week for free. We can't do this without you. Now, this podcast was recorded in the council area known as Maribyrnong in Melbourne. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung and Bunurong peoples of the Kulin Nation, and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Last but not least, if you're new to the podcast, this is a sex, dating and relationships podcast for adults. Let me put it this way. If you don't like swearing, it's really going to give you the shit. So off your fuck. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Dear Nelly, I could use some advice, dear Nelly. Yes, some help would be nice, dear Nelly. I'm eager to hear your point of To explore, dear Nelly, when you're 40 or more, dear Nelly. So I'm hoping we could talk it through. All right, welcome to Dear Nelly, Sex, Relationships and Dating from the Other Side of 40. And we are joined by, oh, how would I describe Celia Pacola? I mean, I want to say a beauty, but that's sexist and demeaning. <laughs> so I'll say a talent, a, 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 a one of a kind talent of her generation, but also fucking hot and tot hottie. I was just thinking because beauty can be like just like good, like a bloody beauty. <laughs> Your beauty. Right? Just like 
kind of not bonza, but like a fish. A fish yeah. can be, that's a bloody beauty. Bloody that's, beauty. Oh, that's not a sexy fish. It's just like that's a good fish. <laughs> Happy to be described as a good fish. You know, um, I just don't like when women in the public eye, of course we don't, like the focus is on their looks. But yeah. I do also think there is something, I don't mean beauty, you are beautiful in a conventional sense, but I mean you've got a beautiful I don't know, there's some kind of energy or light or something that I just really connect within you. Really? Maybe to oh. smile. I'm not, I'm not nervous about this, but I kind of am because you have a way of like going directly to my soul, which is terrifying because <laughs> I'm just, it can go from how's the weather to me being like, well, actually, when I was seven, this yeah. <laughs> So, you know, that's very kind and I appreciate it. But you are also, you know, you've got a something that can... A warmth and a direct, <laughs> you know, like a connection, you know, a beam. That if goes. I like you, I do. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. I'm very yeah. happy to be within the beam. And not yes, much, so. very. And me too. So let's start with, yeah. I was going to go back and start with your first. So you're a comedian, you're an yeah. actor, you roll those things. Mm-hmm. Is there anything I've missed that's important to you professionally? Uh no, it's weird. It used to be like stand-up comedian was the f- first thing and then obviously I took a step back. I stopped doing that as much when I had a baby and it, it initially really hurt my feelings when people would be like, oh, did you do stand-up? And I'm like, yeah. yes, that's what I defined as. So, but now I'm, um, it's, it's always somewhere in the comedy and creating space. Yeah, you're I'm a performer so- who's funny. Right. I think writing's the most important part to me. Yeah. Interesting. Writing which part, like the stand-up part or other writing? All of it. I just think that that, that being able to write something, I don't think I would. In, I mean, that's what's fun about acting, though, is because getting a break from that. Like I like mm. stand-up because you can do whatever you want and you're in control. Mm. And that's scripted mm. fun as well because how often in life do you get to control, you know, what you, you know, you get a mm. chance to make, to just control everything, what everyone mm. says. Um, but then I like acting because it's nice to have someone else tell you what to do. Have a mental break. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And not Um, mull over it. Like what what I was going to say is that the place I was going to start with you is your first (laughs) show that I saw was about infidelity. Oh, yeah, that was my first show. Right. Well, let's start there. So what? tell us about that show, what had happened. It's obviously relevant to the subject matter. There's lots of people listening who've been cheated on. Yeah. Go. Welcome. I am your I'm your person. So I love this story because it's how I got into comedy. So I dated a man who was a comedian and he signed me up for raw comedy. So he is one hundred percent the reason why I got into stand up. I was doing sketch comedy and stuff. Yeah. So there's always a chance that I might have ended up there anyway, but I doubt it. Mm-hmm. I doubt I ever would have made the step to sign myself up to do it. Yeah. Um, so he, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have got into comedy. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have had, well, again, um, something else would have come up, but he gave me the material yeah. on my first show, which won me my first award and made me more successful mm. than him. So it's just mm. delicious. Um, so <laughs> I was, and the reason I I did it as a show, um, where do I start there? So it was so much cheating. So it turned out he was a... Well, he told me he was a sex addict. I don't know. That's a that's a thing that I don't know if I really mm. understand. Um, but full sociopath, like double digits cheating, and not just um, sleeping with people. Like uh, full other relationships, like other women oh. they were in a relationship with him, sort of 
multiple identities kind of it was wow it was but it was good because it was so much that it became funny so like, extreme like it hurt yes more as i said in the the show it was like if someone fell off a cliff then that's very sad but if a full 10 piece marching band marched off a cliff while singing yes. <laughs> that's kind of funny so it's sort of um but uh yeah but that's show- take me back if you don't mind like yeah. how so my memory is this was around the show was what mid like 2010 something like that I'm not good with dates, but yeah, must have been something about that. Maybe even earlier, maybe 2000. Maybe a bit earlier. So you would have been what in your when you were in this relationship? How long was it, and like what age roughly? You're in your twenties, mm-hmm. definitely in my twenties. Maybe it was a bit later because I did raw comedy first. I did a four, and then a two, and then a one. So maybe it was 2010, um, t- mid twenties. Yeah, mid twenties, maybe two years. It was a while. Yeah, a couple of years. It was enough that I was definitely the main girlfriend. And how the hell did he have time to sleep with that many people? I don't know. And this is why he's a, uh, not why he's a sociopath, but that's what broke my brain. He's like, how are you not paralysed with fear and anxiety just to keep the logistics at bay? from one person not bumping into another one. So one of them I found out about incredibly, my sister lived in London and she met an Australian because Australian, you know, you're Australian, I'm Australian. And they just got to chatting and she was like, oh, yeah, my boyfriend's a comedian. No. Yeah, to my sister. And she's like, that's my sister's boyfriend. (gasps) Just stuff like that. But but he just seemed so, he was so chill all the time and just genuinely nonplussed his mind, but it felt like. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. So was that your first serious relationship? No, um, no, kind of. The one before that, it was the most serious. The most serious, yeah. So it's pretty formative. Yeah, when I, and also it was, when I look at it now, it was not abusive, but it was like coercive. There were, he was doing that emotionally abusive. Actually it was, I'm going to say that. Mm. Um, cut me off from my friends. Like a few times friends were like, we don't think he's good for you. What's going on? Mm. And then I would like, well, if you love me, you should love him too. And we just stay at home and not doing, like I was just happy to be with him and he wouldn't really talk to me. And like when I look at it now, if he'd asked, I'm very grateful that I, that it went the way that it did because if he'd asked me to marry him, I would have. Wow. And that's one of the things he used when I found out, when I got caught, he said to me, I was going to ask you to marry me. Oh, yeah, right, fuckhead. So yeah. he was up. breadcrumbing you in the in modern parlance. So he, he's obviously he's isolated you from friends. He's rooting yeah. around. He's giving you just enough te- attention um, yeah. to keep you kind of on the hook, but not any real connection. But I don't know why. I don't understand why he needed a main one like me. I don't know what he was. You will never understand, I, right? This is no. a really critical juncture in this conversation I reckon because if you've ever been in an abusive or toxic or whatever word you want to call it relationship I think toxic is a better word I think that's toxic yeah in a toxic you will turn yourself inside out trying to work out their motivation unless you are also a sociopath or a mm-hmm. narcissist or whatever he is you'll never understand it and it's crazy making like the number of yeah. times I got close in the past to catching him and mm-hmm. he'd always go like he got seen out flirting. Like mm. someone was like, I think I saw them making out. And I'd be like, 
And mm. I'd say that to him and he would always go, how dare, I'm so hurt that yes. you would accuse yes. me maybe you're cheating. And yes. then somehow in this bizarre relation, I'm suddenly apologising. Yeah. Right. So the, yeah. the best thing that happened, which I really feel for people who don't get this, that fi- in the end he finally admitted it because he, mm. there was a point when I thought he wouldn't. Mm. Like I had hard evidence. I had evidence and he still was like, no, yeah, no, no, no. And yeah. in the end I got, I must have had a shred of something. I went, if there's a chance, if you want, this is when I'd only found out about two, by the way, and then I found out about the rest. Multiples, yeah. Um, uh. And I was like, if you ever, if there's a chance for us at all, just you just need to. And once he went, all right, there was that one. You know, mm. it just was such a. Um, at least, little- at least you knew. I think it's um. So you know, I love a meme, Celia Pacola, yeah. and one that I have quoted on the podcast before, which really resonated with me, was a narcissist's uh, accusations are their confessions. Right. Right. Um, so if yeah. someone is standing there going, well, are you cheating, Celia? You're the one running around. You're like you're lying or you're there's something wrong with you. What they're actually telling you potentially when your gut is screaming at you and indeed you've got evidence, they're telling you what they're doing. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess because they're a narcissist. But if the fact that I went to them going, are you cheating? But mm. I wasn't. No. Sure. No, no. Yeah. But that's a tactic of kind of like the wound, the ego is so activated then and the defence mechanisms kicking in of kind of go, how very dare you? It was so, I mean, I want to think it's calculated, but then sometimes I just go, I wonder if he was just, it was just on the on the fly. You'll because, never know, babe. Yeah. You'll and, never oh, know. How's this? For, oh, this is a sliding door. So Kelly Stuka, friend of both of ours, is the one who actually got me out in the end. She was the one who got proof. Yeah. Because she'd seen other friends try and talk to me and me mm-hmm. shut them out. So mm-hmm. she's like, I need to have irrefutable proof, blah, blah, blah. So she cracked one of the women who he was sleeping with who admitted it, went, here's an email. Yes, it's happening. I don't want to talk about it. Anyway. So when I broke up, when I took it to him, I drove to his house and I was very dramatic. This is, mm. oh, makes me sick. He'd given me a ring and I took it off and I put it in his hand and I went, I know. Anyway, and we had this big old blah, blah, blah. And then halfway through this, maybe an hour of him going, she's crazy, showing me text messages from her going, look, this is her making it up. She's mad at me because whatever. Mm. I realised that I had a little dictaphone at the time that I'd been using for gigs and I'd had a gig that night and I'd recorded it. The oh, whole wow. and he saw it and he's like, is that recording? And I was like, what? Yeah, I don't care. And deleted it in front of him. Wow. I would have had it. I would I'd be fascinated. I mean, it'd probably be very not good for healing to listen to it now, but I always No, because you know what I think, and this is so common in these situations, doesn't matter if it's romantic, a friend, family member, like any kind of relationship where you're dealing with someone's behavior that's so extreme, particularly if they really, I mean, narcissism is overused. Right, but this sounds like apt in this case. You Mm -hmm. want to understand, like you want to know how can you do this? Why did you do this? What's the motivation? You will never get it. Yeah. And the lesson, which is fucking hard, is to kind of go, let it go. I will never get it. That doesn't mean you have to let go of feeling the pain of it. 
Yeah. But trying well, to understand impossible unless you're that. Yeah. It was interesting because this ended up, I I just did this naturally, but it, it did it. The show and dealing with it did end up being like the five stages of grief, which was really, yes. it, I remember yes. the moment when, because I was, when, it first, when I first found out, I was so upset that this awful thing had happened to us. Yeah. How sad for us and him and all of this sadness. And then I remember the turning point when I went, hang on. No, it's not something sad that's happened to us. It's something terrible he has done to me. And he did, yeah. And then, and then got angry and angry was so much better. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it was just really great. Um, anger is underrated, Celia. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's so underrated. Now, that doesn't mean no one wants anyone to go and punch anyone or be abusive or anything like that. But if you're denying anger when anger is warranted and having some asshole gaslight you, undermine your confidence, separate you from your friends, cheat on you, every right to be angry. Yeah. And that he did admit it, so I was allowed to be angry. I think that would have made it worse if, yeah, terrible if he'd not. Mm. Let me, it's weird. It doesn't matter. Even when you know, isn't that crazy? Mm. Even though I knew it was real, but if he just kept denying it, there's something mm. about it that doesn't let you have the full thing. Um, and then, but I was still sort of scared of him because of that. And then afterwards I was like, oh, shit, actually, I don't know what this guy's capable of mm. at all. I didn't know you. Mm. Uh, I would have thought this is what I thought your limits were as a person, but now yes. actually, I don't know. Oh, so, isn't that horrifying? There'll be so yeah. many people listening who, even not with the same details, I think a lot of ex people experience divorce like that yeah. where six months later, 12 months later, five years later, whatever, they kind of go, I don't even know who I was married to. Yeah. Now I don't know what you're capable, which is why we always say no matter how amicable for example, with housing and custody and whatever, you, you need a lawyer like yeah. you just do because you do not know how they will behave in 12 months. Yeah. It's really interesting. But so with the show, I remember being very kind to him in the show, you know, yeah. like, and I think I sent him the script. I was just scared of what he yeah. did more trying because he was yeah. at that point more known in the industry. And mm. um, But the other thing you did, speaking of lawyers, which it's just as a thing um there was a some sexual footage on a camera which is in another show it was shitty on a nokia it's nothing to do which was mm. entirely him and he was very sexed up yeah he was very oh, anyway um what's the word i'm looking for um sex focused yeah yeah more than i you know uh, and uh pressure not mm. not um physical or anything like that, but just quite, you know, um, definitely wasn't my idea. Let's mm. put it that way to yeah. put anything yeah. And then I'd forgotten about it and I remembered after we'd broken up and then got in touch mm. with him and he turned up and gave me a broken SIM card in a plastic pocket, which absolutely wasn't the SIM card. Like there's no way. I'm sure he still got it something. And right. me and my mum got a lawyer involved. <laughs> yeah, good. And I think he signed it there. I think he signed it. He didn't have to. I don't know. But it's just one of those things where I was like, mm. um, at the time, loved, mm. like, probably it's much, I would have been in more danger. Now, you know, would have been, mm. on, could have been online, could have done all of this stuff with it. Exactly. And I would have done more stuff and because I loved it. Like, because at the time, it absolutely never would have occurred to me that. Do you know what? This is a really, this is a sidebar, but it's a really interesting thing that hasn't come up before on the podcast. 
I have, and, you know, this is a much bigger conversation, but I have for a range of reasons, probably mostly from when I was doing sex ed shows with kids and, you know, stuff about consent, I have a lot of concerns about porn. Like that's not unusual for a woman of my age and a feminist. But I think the retort is often, well, the amateur porn or the whatever is better because this is couples who have consented and they've put it up. It's not some 18-year-old who's been dragged from somewhere. But this is my concern, right? Having worked in family violence, I know 100% you do not know, even when you're watching amateur porn, if they both consented, how much coercion there was, whether permission was given to put it online. Even if they haven't been physically forced, have they been talked into it? Are they scared not to? All of that kind of stuff. Like, I get porn. I get it. It's sexy watching people have sex. But for me personally, maybe this is an anxiety and a feminist thing. I can't watch it without going, is she all right? Are they meant to be there? Is he feeling okay? I can't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Yep. And really, from what you've said, like in, in another situation, another time, that could have been you is what I'm saying. Yep. And you're not stupid. Well, um, no, you're not. You're a no, clever no. woman. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I can absolutely see how that would happen, and it's all tied up. Because I get it. Tell me after that. Mm. Go through this. That's a really hideous, awful experience, particularly at that age. At any age, but at that age when you're really forming who you are and your sense of trust and all that kind of stuff. Did it impact you moving forward in terms of relationships? So that's the other thing that I thought. I was like, how am I ever going to be in another relationship again? Because how trust so wrong. Yeah. Um, so wrong. It got so bad. Like by the yeah. end, I was like, how did it almost and I, as I say, I would have married it. Like just, mm. just got I just happened to get out. So terrifying. But what happened was the next person that I was with happened to be the most joyous beautiful trustworthy person in the world that it just wasn't an issue like and it was oh. very him specific it was lovely and again i just met a person and went oh you are good that yeah. i'm wrong you're just yeah you're just good and they were and it was great and it didn't and as i say i think it also helped because the story of his cheating was so extreme yes it felt less about me it felt less personal i was like well that's clearly you if it was if it was just one person who was kind of like me and they left me for someone else and they were actually quite nice about it and I feel like that would have been worse than, oh, this man, that's anything with the past. No, that, that's completely, it's pathological. And so it's absolutely, it, not, it would have cheated on anybody. So it wasn't too bad. I, uh, yeah, I've never doubt, I've never, and also, weirdly, you might this is make this is makes no sense, but my mind goes, well, it can't possibly happen to me again. <laughs> yeah, right. Good. I mean, the chances of that happening to me again is very unlikely. Well, uh, that that extreme unlikely. You know, it's it really lovely. So the the next um, guy that you dated, the one that you trusted and was lovely, there's a concept, the therapeutic concept called healing in relation. Oh yeah. So, like for example, you might have had friend Nellie at that age going, Celia, don't jump into another thing because you're not ready yet and you need to heal. There's a school of thought that goes, in the right circumstances, you can actually heal each other. 
Yeah. Right. So if you've got a trust wound, for example, and he's just really uncomplicated, loving, trusting, yes, you still have to do work yourself, mm. but having that affirmed via a relationship can really help you. Yeah. I can't remember how soon after he, I was with him when I was doing this show. I remember that. Yeah. I remember him coming to a trial of this show and being, of that show, yeah. that and being like, that's. Amazing. Oh, that's another bad thing about this guy. I'm just saying yeah. we place no. bags for anyone. Yeah. This was also part of my pattern, which I tried to not do after this, but I'm not proud of this, but I used to get in relationships and immediately tell them all of the terrible things that had happened to me and go, oh, yes. Pick me. make me feel better. Make, say yeah. to me, that's never going to happen to you again and be yes. enamored by how vulnerable and broken I am. Like, yes. that's just what I, I just did it. Trauma bonding. Is that what it's called? Right. Yeah. That. And this guy, the cheater guy, I remember went I couldn't because I still I can't believe it was like I wish you hadn't told me that I hate that mm. I know these things about you wow wow well there you go <laughs> look you were young this is one of the great things about um dating later in life or with a bit more life experience under your belt you wouldn't do that again no no that, yeah and that was the, I think that was the that was right the, you were learning yeah. You yeah. made some mistakes and sharing that, I, I agree. I think that is if you share, I mean, you can overshare, no doubt, and try not to do that because I think especially like first, second, third date, a lot of people do that. But if you do share something and someone kind of goes, oh, I see you really like different now or bro, off you fuck. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. We're done. <laughs> it's just all things like that that was like a power thing. It just yeah, felt power. It added to the the status of him being like, oh, I'm moving. Oh no, I'm going to lose it. What have I done? You know. Yeah. And um, if I can um, do one more Doctor Phil on you, I love it because I am exactly the same as you. Well, have been in the past the same. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about fight and flight. There's also freeze and fawn, fawn mate. Fawn, right? fawn all day long. So when I hear you going, oh, I sent him the script and da 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 da, I'm like, oh yeah, I've done that, I've done that. Like my the first book I wrote, I did the same thing with a couple of people who didn't deserve it. Yeah. Right. And it's and you don't realize you're you're trying to manage their potential abuse. Yeah. I just I hate it's awful. I hate yeah. I I don't know how to stop doing it in everything. Just in com- conversation, just impolite to not be like that. That a moment of silence or awkwardness I just well, once you know oh no, no. but sorry. now that you know that you do it I would venture you wouldn't do it to such an ex- extreme degree now right the next time let's say you thought I better send my script to so-and-so you could at least you'd at least catch it and kind mm-hmm. of go do I have to do that maybe I should get advice from a friend you mm-hmm. know you're at least aware of it that's a better chance than when you didn't even know fawn was a stress response yeah I don't know. There's a lot of stuff where it's like, well, knowing the problem, knowing, you know, what it is, is the first step. I'm like, that's a lot of the times as far as I get. Like, yeah, I get it. Like sometimes it makes it worse because you're like, well, I know what I'm doing is bad, but I just can't. And now I feel silly. Doing it, yeah, you know? I understand. Um, the other thing I'll say about the next guy who was so lovely, I remember this. It wasn't me jump Like I chased him as well. It wasn't like some guy turned up and swept me off my feet. I just was like, this man is yeah. the best. And he was, and he remained the best. And what was our undoing was our career and long distance. Yeah. That, so that was what happened. Yeah. So nothing, um, I mean, not that at the end of any relationship can be painful, but nothing like dramatic and yeah. as painful as, you know, 
multiple cheaters. Can I bring you forward? Because I find this fascinating. So I went to your show last night and I already knew this story, but it was lovely seeing it um, played out. And we will, of course, put a link into the show notes. This is your new show for comedy, Melbourne Comedy Festival and various other places. And you tell the story. And I remember you telling me this at the time. Oh, yeah. You fell in love with a man during lockdown. You fell in love online, like you declared love before having ever met. That is correct. Talk to me, talk to me. Madness. It's so funny. I'm trying to think of that time. It was mad. Yeah, so we met. It was towards the end. Uh, he lived in Sydney. and Actually, the borders were open. Mm. We met on an app. And I'd just done a long-distance relationship and I went, I've decided I'm never doing that again. This is another side note, another big learning thing for me is I realised that I'd done a lot of long-distance and actually I don't think I'd been in a real relationship. Like long-distance, yeah. we've we've had this discussion, but I think that's fascinating. Long-distance can be a way of going, I don't need anything. Yeah, or I'll a way to be whatever. in a relationship, be yeah. in a relationship, yeah. but still do exactly whatever the fuck I want. Yep. Uh, I can leave at any time. It's not entangled. Yeah, uh, I'm actually not in this. I can just, it just means yes. I've got the box checked. And I'm I've, half in. I'd been doing that. So I came out of that relationship and realised that and was like, I might not be in another relationship again. Who knows? I was 37. Yeah. Uh, but if I am, the next one I'm actually going to give it a chance. Yeah. I've got to be all in and see what happens, right? And then I went on this app and the first person that comes up was in Sydney and I'm like, no way, not again, yeah. never again, yeah. but I'll just practice flirting. Yes. <laughs> and then two weeks later, I'm like, damn it, I quite like this guy. And then he's like, I'm going to come and visit you. We're going to have a date. And we booked it on a have you been paying attention night so that I'd have my hair and makeup done. Beautiful. Like, oh, on a Sunday, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the bloody Bondi cluster happened and the wall went up. Oh. So never came down. So we were in an online relationship for three months and we ended up FaceTiming for, I'm not exaggerating, eight hours a day. Like it'd just be on. Wow. We'd have it on while we'd sleep. I'd have a nap and he'd be working and I'd be working and, yeah, in a boyfriend and girlfriend within a, a month and then in love in two months and then talking about having a baby without having met. Everything else is fine except for that. But obviously we'd seen each other a lot, but you, there's things that you don't know, like if they smell weird yeah. or if they're a bad kisser or just... The chemistry. Yeah. Pretty much you've done everything I advise against and I love it. I absolutely love it because, you you know what? What do you not do to... To To not rush in that quickly to make sure, you know, all the things. But having said that, like (laughs) there's always an outlier, right? And sometimes (laughs) you're going to do what you're going to do. I have a question for you. Did he know who you were? No. Oh, see, that's nice. He did pretty soon, like he immediately, because this is also what... Is kind of sucks, but great. Is there yeah. so much material of me? So he didn't know yeah. who I was, and then he watched everything. Yeah, but then still wanted to talk to me. Like my stand-up is yeah. often not flattering, so he was watching me talk about my hairy ass crack and still wanted to talk to me. So I'm like, cool. This, you know, you know what you, he knows what he's getting. On the other side, he's a photographer, so there was nothing out there for me to find of his yeah. of him. Yeah. Um. So he, but it was just, I don't know how it escalated so quickly. And now he's taking photos of your hairy ass crack. That's right. Not anymore. Laser. Got laser. Laser. Okay. So- all right. All right. <laughs> Sorted. Got it. Got it. Did you go bleach? Did 
Did you? No, that no, 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 no. Just laser. Just because. Okay, so you're not really that committed to this relationship, is what you're saying? Oh no, no, no. It's not for him. I did that before. I, I did that before I met him. Um. Uh. No, he. Yeah. So he. So you couldn't stalk him online, really? Not really. Um. Yeah. But we talked. All the time, and it was so cute. Like it'll make you sick how cute it was. But I've got if anyone get in touch with you, if anyone's in a long distance relationship and wants ideas of how to be cute when you can't actually be in the same. You know what? That stuff doesn't make me sick. Like I know it does make some people sick. I this sounds really twee, but I mean it. I love love. <laughs> you know, like if I see two people, like I had friends over the other night to watch maths, which is a whole other embarrassing story. Yeah. But they are, you know, they've been together maybe six months. They're both roughly my age, you know, um, love in the afternoon of their life kind of situation. And they're so smoochy and touchy-feely. And and I love it. Like they're kind of embarrassed. So I'm like, you go for it. I mean, don't be bloody Courtney Kardashian. That's too yeah. far. Don't yeah. lick my tongue at the bloody dinner table with the yeah. kids there. Yeah. But if you're going to hold hands and be smoochy and say nice things to each I think it's delightful. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, it was really cute. Shit in the world, like, Celia. Yeah. It was like, but, but also it needed to be because it was a real sad time. We'd been through yeah, a lot exactly. of really sucked and I really didn't want to do it again and I'll be alone again. And uh, yeah. so it was a joy. It was finding new, little, sending jokes, sending a lot of Beautiful. emails and stuff. But one of them was very cute where he sent me a grocery shop. Yeah. Um, and he had the same things and we cook because I can't cook and he can. So he we cooked a meal together at the same time. So he Oh my god. It was very sweet. Who is this man? I know, he's a good cook. I know. That's no, no, but that's it's not just about being a good cook. That's actually really thoughtful and romantic. Yeah, that's what it yeah, it was you know, it's like people kind of get stuck on, well, what can I do for a date? Like I haven't got five hundred dollars for a fancy dinner and cocktail. Fucking do that. Yeah, it was cute. He's five um, ingredients. Let's cook it together. I sent him uh, my perfume. Yes, yeah, sweet. And he sent me one of his a hoodie of his with his client on it. So stuff like, like it was cute. The pheromones, the pheromones. Yeah. And we flash forward. You two had a baby for Christ's yeah. sake. So in terms of not rushing into it, so there's that. Yeah. We're in love without having met. And then we met, but this is the thing. So I flew there to meet him and the wall was still up. So I didn't know when I was going to be able to come home. So that was the yeah. risk of like, if this doesn't work, then I'm stuck there, but let's give it a shot. Anyway, yeah. pregnant two months later. Wow. So I won't tell you the story. The very, it was very romantic of the first actual meeting, which was beautiful, uh, uh, it's the whole thing, which I'll put in my romantic comedy film one day, I'm Please. sure. Um, but it was we just didn't think it would happen that we, it was always it wasn't a joke but it kind of was being like yeah. and, and it was honest i've never i've never seriously wanted to have a baby with anyone i've always been like oh, mm. i just don't think it's going to happen i've never met someone and gone this is the person i'm going to have a baby with mm. the last relationship he had kids and didn't want any more and i was like perfect maybe this is what my story is is i've got yeah. kids in my life but they're not my kids fine and this was the first one where i was like it wasn't a scary thought i was the thought oh. of having a kid with him was like oh yeah Maybe, and I didn't think it would happen because it, I've, I know how hard it is. You reckon you'll get married? Okay. He really? He wants to, but I don't give, oh, we've got a kid. Like, I feel like yeah. it's a party. Right? Oh, totally. Yeah, no, no, I've never been married and I had a 20-year relationship. We had kids in a mortgage. That's married. Yeah, that's what I think. I'm 
Having said that, Celia, no one's ever given me towels. What? Right? Or or crystal. Yeah, right. (laughs) So I wouldn't mind that party. Well, that's what I think. I've said to him because also there's been a lot of wedding. There was a lot of weddings last year and stuff. So I'm like, we'll get married when we need a party, when the world needs a party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we've there's yeah. Kelly Stuke is the next week. She's my last best friend to get married. Yeah, yeah. her bestest mensch, and that'll be a big. I can't wait. So then maybe a couple of years when everyone's when you know when we need a bit of a celebration. I'm putting in a vote for this year because I'm 50 and I'm too tight to have a party. So I'll just like happy 50th myself at your wedding. And you oh sure, you have to have a party for your 50th. I know I should. We'll we'll get on to that. I'm going to move you on. You're coming back because there's so much more to your story. Okay. But we have a segment called Armchair Expert where I put something to you from the internet because we're old ladies. Okay. And this is from Word Porn, and I just want to see how it hits you. Mm -hmm. Letting someone create a false narrative of you is a small price to pay for having rid yourself of their toxicity. Let them say what they want, your life will flourish, and their lies will rot theirs. Now, extreme... But I'm talking, and you're in a more extreme version because you're a public figure, but pretty much anyone who's been through a breakup, whether it's family relationship, friendship, romantic, whatever, you know that there's a narrative about you being presented that you can't control. How do you deal with that? I hate it. Yeah, right. I'd love, I get it. when You want to be zen? It's none of your business. Yeah. You can't control it. No one, not everyone's going to like you. I know, but it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I, I still, I, I don't believe that. Like, I don't. I do care. I totally Has care. it shifted as you've gotten older? Um... Like, do you care less? I'd like to think so. It depends mm. who it is. Some people it, I really care about. Like, yeah, just ignore it. It doesn't happen to me too much. I've got really good close friends, I think, you know, like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you do. But it, it, it's very, very important to me. It's yeah, more right. important to me than a lot of things. Like, I would much rather have be, res- you know, respected and liked in, in my field and in my worlds than win the awards or yeah make the big money you know i'd much rather i'd much that's it's it's yeah you want the you want the validation i think one of the best bits of advice that i ever got that i'll share with you was because there was a situation with an extended an extended family situation where someone didn't like me and i multiple probably and um, I would get really fixated on it. And that fawn thing would yeah. click in. I think I'll win them over. This is much younger, in my 20s. And then someone said to me, um, why are you seeking respect from people you don't respect? Yeah. 
Yeah. And fuck that landed. Because I'm the same as you. I No, I'm not a robot. If I hear someone I respect, like if I heard that you said to someone else, oh, shit, Nelly's podcast is shit, like of course it would hurt me. You know, like I don't think we can be immune to that. But I think the the question for me, and I think you and I are similar in this respect, is to go, but who's talking? That's it. I don't care about, you know, people on the internet, I don't. I don't respect their opinion, you know. I or don't. even a colleague whose opinion you don't opinion you don't respect, or a friend of a friend, or a family member, or whatever. It's like actually go through that exercise of sitting down and going, "Do I respect how they live? Yeah. Do I respect their work? Do I respect their choices? If I don't, why am I fixated on yeah. their opinion?" And it's like I don't want, I don't need. It's nice, but I don't. It's not that I want validation from them. I just don't want negativity from there that's what I don't want to be I don't want to be a person that if I called someone they'd look at their phone and go oh yeah right right (laughs) me yeah it does depend who who it is but yeah you're completely right I think um and I think someone else told me a thing like when you're getting criticism it's like do the ones that hurt the most are the ones that your is your secret fear I think some, yeah, I think there's some truth in that. I reckon it's overplayed as well because I think something like personally, I think it is, um, you know, that even that Buddhist idea of kind of complete detachment to me, that is almost sociopathic. Like, I love listening to the podcasts and the meditation and all that kind of stuff, but human beings are not completely detached. Yeah. And I don't even aspire to be completely detached, I aspire to be attached to the right amount, you know, because the truth is doesn't matter how nice a person you are, there will be someone who doesn't like you. There will be someone telling stories about you that aren't true. And there's a point at which you have to, I think, try at least, if not let that go to not fixate on it. Yeah, I think it probably has gotten better for a few reasons. One, uh, I just don't have as much time. Or energy. You've got a kid. Just don't right? have, I just don't have time to think yeah. about that stuff. Um, and also I think you're more comfortable in the people. The, there's more good runs on the board. Do you know what there's, I mean? Like, I feel like trust you trust your here. reputation. That's it. I, there's enough. Yeah. And there is enough. And I think for people listening who are particularly who are going through breakups and they think, oh, my ex is out there telling so-and-so that this and that and for their point of view. Just trust, I get it, but trust that most people when they hear any ex story go, I don't know the other side, yeah. like almost all of us, even someone that you love, yeah. you'd be going, I don't know their point of view. They take it with a grain of salt and either way you can't stop them. Yeah. You know, like so control the controllables. There's heaps more other people. Yeah. Just cut, cut them loose. They don't need to just start totally. fresh with a new person Yeah, who does know you. Yeah, it's very good how you do that because I forget because we have a chat and then I forget that there's people listening in different situations. That's very, that was very good. Well, the, I think it's one of the big fears because I mean, particularly the most acute version is what um, if you're divorced and a co-parent is shit talking you to your kids, oh. right? That's to me. That's like I don't know how you let that go. Um, emotionally, I mean, yeah. but then there's ripple effects of, you know, ex-in-laws or mutual friends or all of that. Kind of, and even if it's not acrimonious, they're absolutely telling the breakup story and the relationship narrative from their point of view. 
So you can't you, control it. If you can't control it, like, but if you heard someone telling lies about you, mm. is it harmful or beneficial? You'd go and set the record straight, wouldn't you? I don't Do you know, know what? I don't. I actually don't. I'm talking, and I'm not talking about my long-term relationship here. Let me be clear about that because um, I don't want that implied that that's what's mm-hmm. happening. But I have been in that situation and what I chose to do, I think because I am as I'm getting older trying to not engage in that, don't put your energy where it's not useful, I just went, well, obviously I've got a really different version of events. Oh, very cool. Left that's it at that. True. And that's, that's actually what like. I felt because yeah. I thought if I sit and argue each point, yeah. for a start, I don't want to shit can anybody. I really don't. Yeah. Um, but also arguing each point, it's boring for the other person. Yeah. And frankly, you look hysterical. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I'm just like, that's not how I see it, but no worries. <laughs> that's very gotcha. cool. It's power play as well. That's saying that can you come off very strong. Well, I think, and to be honest with you, Celia, in that the situation I'm thinking of, I felt strong about it. I thought mm-hmm. I can't control that. Yeah. Um, and I, if you could, if you trust yourself that you've acted with integrity, that's all you can do. And also it sucks to be them. Do you know what I mean? So- <laughs> it sucks to be that person yes. telling lies and getting like, really? Okay. Why are you still talking about me? Yeah. yeah. Obsessed. Totally. Get over me. I know. I know. It's so <laughs> difficult. Um, that was a friend situation, by the way, which is a whole different thing. But anyway. Are you ready to offer some listener advice? Yes. I'm going to play you a call. Hi, Nelly. I just wanted to share my recent dating experience. I had my beautiful niece move in with me, who's 25. She moved interstate just here for two months. And in that time, she's like, okay, you've been separated for five years. You've been officially divorced for one year. You, I'm dating now. I'm going to see it like I'm in a new city. I want you to date next to me. I'll help you with your profile. Like, We'll sort it out. So from the 1st of October to the 31st of October, I set myself a challenge of I'm going to date in that period. I'm not going to ghost anyone. Um, If I do date someone and they're not the one for me, I'll I'll be an adult and I will communicate that to them in a kind way. Um, And so I did it. I got a profile set up. I tweaked it. I reckon the first week it took a while for me to tweak bits and pieces What I would recommend is something that you recommend um, in both of your podcasts, and that is to just be really honest about who you are and show who you are physically, you know, and none of these like, oh, just take a photo from like the sternum up. I'm a large 16 at the moment. I don't want guys to turn up and go, oh, you look different than your pictures. Very honest. I'm also a very quirky person. um, And and this time around, because I have been on the apps a couple of times before this, other times I have been, I now look back and it makes me feel sick and embarrassed really that I was actually trying to project or do a sales pitch, um, trying to find what these men wanted from me rather than saying, this is who I am, take it or leave it. So now um, my, you know, for example, I think one of the things I was on Hinge um, at the time and one of the questions was like, what, what's an irrational fear that you have? And and mine was that, you know, a very close loved one would die and, and they would ask that I spread their ashes, you know, at a beach or off a cliff or wherever. And that as I'm tossing them into the ocean, tears tripping down my face, 
the wind would blow the opposite way and they'd end up in my mouth. So things like that, you would think, like, that's what I say with my friends and my family. Like, that's just who I am. I'm, I'm a weirdo. But I added it because, you know what, the guys that I actually ended up attracting were so beautiful. Um, this is not one of those voice clips where I tell you that I found my loved one that's my soulmate and we're going to be together forever. I finished on the 31st. I went on six dates over that period, um, maybe a bit more. There were six guys I dated. I don't know how many actual dates were in there. But um, I share all of this because uh, I'm not dating anymore, but I see on a lot of these singles pages, like, and there's a we've got a page here in Queensland, are we dating the same guy or boyfriend or do we have the same boyfriend or something? The negativity, we see so much bad in this space and how crap being a woman is in this dating world. But I, I enjoyed every minute of the dating. The reason I'm not dating anymore, I didn't find the person, we did not have the chemistry. We got on the banter, was awesome. But one of the guys who was like, I would say the number one out of the people, like I got on well, really well with him. There was a moment on the last date where we're walking along um, South Bank, uh, along the river. We'd just been to the art gallery, laughed the whole time. He was amazing. His hand accidentally um, brushed mine as we're walking, totally by accident. It was not being a creep, just like you bump your hand. And I leapt, like my hand subconsciously just kind of went, and I leapt to the left like Kramer in Seinfeld when he does like massive movements and you're like, you laugh about it. But he looked at me, I looked at him, I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'm ready to date. And um, it was a moment, he was beautiful, everything's fine. We're still, we're actually friends now, funnily enough. But I share this with everyone because I went, okay, I got to the 31st, I did that moment. I'll go back. You don't have to be on on the apps this whole time like a second job, you know, like just when it's not fun anymore or you come to a moment where you're like, I've, I've got to stop for a minute and take stock and work out what's going on here and, and heal, just do it. And it's now, it's now January and I'm, I'm starting to feel like not right this second, but very soon I'll be ready to turn my profile back on and know, um, the next time around that we'll just give it a red hot crack and and what's the worst that can happen you know like obviously you can get murdered we don't want that to happen but you know like in terms of putting yourself out there I just really am excited to be um out in the world again and and oh my god to be seen again like I didn't realize how invisible I had um become and it wasn't because of anyone else but myself I had made myself invisible because I was in such deep grief uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to share that. I hope it. Oh, what's her my name? God, uh, she didn't give her name, but I love that bitch. Oh, my gosh. Come on. Don't wow. you? Like, I just want to have a beer with her. Yeah. What a good news story as well. Like, Isn't just it like, beautiful? Yeah. But I also love Celia and, and, in a, and in a weird way, this is why I love your work that just occurred to me. Mm-hmm. It is, aside from your skill and all that stuff, and it's funny, it's that mix of um, optimism but also vulnerability, right? There's no kind of like everything's fine, but it's also not, oh, my God, how fucked is everyone and I hate the yeah. world. Yeah, it was real because it feels, Beautiful. feels real. That's what. Very real. It feels real but positive. Like that feels because there can be real. Sometimes it's it's also very enjoyable to be negative in a telling it like it is, like actually being yeah, honest yeah. how bad yeah. things are. But that was 
honest in a way being like it's been it's been hard yeah. and it's not easy but it can be a really positive thing to do yes um, she just sounds that's just wonderful what a great message which is yeah just do what's right for you try it a bit you don't have to put pressure on yourself and about being seen that's so great i'm so happy yes. for her yes it, it feels like that's positive moving forward i'm not sad yeah. that you know i'm not like oh she hasn't met someone I'm like no that's no. great sounds like she's having a nice time and got a friend and got yeah. a friend that's harder to yeah. make a new friend in your 40s you know yeah 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 <laughs> i made some friends on the apps i think that's a lovely like side outcome mm. from it i think i hear a few things in it that I love. I think the main thing, the way that I would describe it is she's obviously done a lot of work, internal work, emotional, psychological work. She's got insight, mm. right? So even that story, which is both heartbreaking and beautiful, of walking along and then him accidentally brushing her hand, and she's obviously having a trauma response of some kind, for her to recognise that and not go, oh, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's fine. Her yeah. to kind of go, oh, that's telling, like my body's telling me something. I'm not here yet. I actually had that on a date, on a first date. A guy said that mid-date. He was clearly sort of panicking. He just went, I can't, like, I don't know what was wow. going on. It was fine. I was like, that's fine. Yeah, like, right. And it happened. We are just sitting over drinking. He's just like, well, actually, it's a lot. It's too much enough. Yeah. And that's okay. And that's yeah. to be respected. And I like that she had enough respect for herself to then not um, fawn, to yeah. not make it nice, to not yeah. make him feel better. Not that she was awful to him, but to acknowledge and kind of go, oh, this is telling me something. I'm not ready. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It's great. And I also love, which is advice that I often give, I haven't suggested a niece, but there you go, if you've got a niece <laughs> old enough, for someone to help you put your profile together, at the very least let them Go to someone whose opinion you trust and who loves you and run your photos by them, your yeah. texts by them, that kind of does it convey who I am? Because I really recognize her saying, and I reckon you will too, even unconsciously writing what you think people want to hear. Of course. I think rather than who you are. Point about selling yourself when it's not yeah. it's not about that. And also what she didn't mention, but she was like, it's about saying who I am. But also I think you're allowed to say actually what you want. Correct. As well. Um, and and it, it won't be for everyone. No. Right? So if you get on there and you, and I'm not saying this is her, but if you get on there and you say, um, I'm size 18, I am divorced, I have three children and I want um, an open relationship, okay, heaps of people won't want that, good. You haven't wasted your time or their time. Yeah. But if that's actually what you're after, say it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be a generally guy, get on there and be like, I'm looking for a relationship if you're. If you're not. If you're you're looking for casual, say casual. That's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's loud and fine. Just don't lie about it. And I also love, 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 love the kooky ashes story. (laughs) Because, hey, I can see it. But also I think if I matched with her on on a dating profile, I'd think, Hey, I can tell you kooky, great, because I like kooky, but also I've got something to ask you about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So why are you fixated on death? Or what is it about ashes? What is it about that image? Like where did this come from? Yeah, yeah. Rather than, hey. Yeah. Hey. How's your weekend? Hey. 
Hey. <laughs> We've both been there. You know what I'm talking hey. about. Yeah. Hey, I how's love the weekend? it. What's up? What you up to? Yeah. God, what are you up to is the worst. <laughs> oh, my God. Not much. But also, what are you up to then you answer and they reply three days later? Yeah. No. I'll give you 24 hours. Like Luke McGregor said to me, who got me on the day on the app that I met my partner, it only has to work once. Correct. Exactly good. right. Yeah. It might be shit, shit, shit until one is good. But I also agree with dipping in and out when it's too much, yeah. when, you, when you tap out for a bit, just be like, no, because it's, yeah, it can be a full-time job, like she said. It can. And I think where she's really clever as well, if you find yourself um, on your way to dates, kind of going, who can be bothered? Like this is going to go to shit. <laughs> You're not in the right head space, right? Yeah. <laughs> Actually then just go to yourself, just have a month off. Yeah. Two months off, three months off. What, what's the rush? Yeah. You know, give yourself the space. that tell That's telling you something. Yeah. Because there are great people and as much as we hear that there's a lot of heteropessimism, frankly, like there's a lot of... <laughs> women in particular who ring in and they kind of say to me, well, it's all right for you. You don't have to date dudes. No. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I get that, but I have dated dudes. And also I know men on the apps who are lovely. I know them. Yeah. They might be harder to find. I don't know. But like Luke said, you only need the one. Yeah. Yeah. And and also and in terms of uh, the they're out there in the weirdest places as well. So the app that yes. I was on is a fancy app for not celebrity, but it's for fan. Yeah. It, you have to, which I got put on because I was like, "Why not?" Because yeah. I I have a fear of people dating me as a dare because yes. as a joke and being yeah. like, "Oh, funny," and that's my images. Because I saw her on TV. Can you get a yeah. date with her? <laughs> funny, yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny. So, and then this app wasn't for me either because it was all like stunning model people on yachts and half of them were in LA and blah, blah, blah. And I just leaned into not being that. So my profile yeah. photo was me hugging a donkey. in Love. A <laughs> Love. And my partner was the only person on there who looked like a normal, like a real person. Yeah, right. Because so, that particular app, my memory of that is that it's full of um, influencers. Yeah, yeah. And you might as well slide into their DMs. Well, yeah, I'm just. You know? Yeah, the. If I match with someone and they're like a civilian, I'm thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I would write, but anyway, that's a that's another thing. I'm very conscious of your time. So I want to finish with two segments. Uh, my favorites. One is no shade on my ex, where I absolutely okay. encourage you to shade an ex. A okay. stupid thing an ex did. Yeah. And the other one is there are 10 but so it's that TikTok thing where it's like you could be on a date with like the hottest guy you can think of, and then they do something and you're like, oh no, I'm out. I'm sure this is a very common one, and I'm sure you've had this before, with the I'm a 10 but I'm out, is it rude to waiting staff? 100%. Almost oh. always start with that. Let's go to another one more superficial. Oh, shit, more superficial. Uh, walk too slow, walk on the wrong side <laughs> of me. Um, um, what's really superficial? Uh, what is it about walking too slow? I don't know. I'm a fast walker. Let's go. Right. You've got to be able to walk through a crowd. This is something I miss about being single is you can move through a crowd so much quicker. You can. Being held back. Um, oh, being on your phone during a movie. Oh, shit, TV. no. 
Yeah, I nah. can't stand it. Or actually my partner, I love him dearly, but he does this and he loves it and I hate it, which is fall asleep. He loves to fall asleep on me while we're watching television or something. And he's not going to do it. And I'm like, fine, but you are not allowed to ask me anything about what is happening. That is probably, like if you said to me, what's your ideal night? Yeah. It would involve that. It would be you me like with my head in the lap of someone that I love yeah. watching something and falling asleep. I know. And he loves it so much. But then I'm like, can you believe that? And then he's, he's asleep. I'm like, oh, God damn it. Oh, no, that's on him. He's got to catch up the next day. Yeah, but it's quite yeah. pleasant. All right, um, so a slow walker who's rude to the wait staff and a narcoleptic, not for Celia. Okay. Um, um, what about an ex? I mean, obviously yeah. we've heard the the... The, the well, ex story. Guy, I think I did think about this one. This is a, another thing that that guy did that was not um, cheating related, but fuck, he fucked me. It was so bad. We already did a festival. We did, he's a stand up, as I say. Yeah. We both had gigs at a festival. I don't know, in out in the hills somewhere. We parked in it. You know, you, we drive and you, we had a tent and we parked and it was a million degrees and he lost. My everything was my my car key in the paddock somewhere. Oh, so silly. the car was locked, and he lost the key, and he lost it before the gig. So I couldn't get into the car. My makeup and all the shit was in the car. So I had to do this gig in forty degrees. Couldn't get my stuff. We had to leave. We had to leave the car there. We couldn't find the key, and so we had to leave. So I left my car in like Falls or somewhere interstate. Piece of now, shit. Now I know this is an extreme question, but his behaviour is extreme. And I know that this stuff sends people quite round the bend. So I'm going to ask, do you think he did that deliberately to sabotage your gig? I don't know because he was, he was screwed as well. That right. seems crazy. I feel like there's other ways to it. Maybe. I know that, I don't know. I think it must have got to him that I was getting, one time in front of me he suggested to another comedian that he wrote my jokes. There you go. Right. <laughs> So a very common um, and un often unspoken about part of coercive control or even toxic relationships, again, whatever language everyone's comfortable with, is sabotaging before significant events. So that could be your sister's wedding. It could be a gig. It could be you need to first day of school for the kids. It could be yeah. anything Christmas. And even unintentionally, but I think there's often in, intent behind it. It's like, Celia, you're about to be centre of attention. We're not having that. Oh, my gosh. I had never thought about it. <laughs> right? It sucks so bad. I'm saying it's possible. Yeah, maybe. Hey. I mean, given the rest of his behaviour. Wow. <laughs> Can so, yeah. I just say for all of the people of all genders who are listening who have experienced that, because I think that kind of behaviour does cross the gender divide, I think one of the lovely things, and we'll end on this, is watch. I know this isn't always the story, but can I put it this plainly? You won. Look at you. Oh yeah. Oh no, no, no. Look at I, you. As I as I say, I I feel I'm incredibly grateful that I met him because I I genuinely don't know I would have got into stand up. It feels I don't know how I feel about fate and all that kind of stuff, but it feels that felt quite fated and. It's fine. I was fine. I came to Not it. only did you get into stand-up, you're better than him. Look at your career go. You've just <laughs> yeah, had a baby. It. You've met the love of your life. Yeah. Like there's all sorts of wonderful things happening that he would not have wanted to happen. 
and there's yeah. some kind of serendipity karma's a bitch kind of story there yeah. and think of how much you'd have to see me on television so oh, much Celia <laughs> so much and I am here for it uh, no I I don't think back on it with or I used to before it ha- you know I used to indulge in that as well if I'd felt wronged I'd have revenge fantasies right um, not violent ones like yeah. I'm pretty well, like I bump into them at, a, at an awards yes. ceremony and they're like, what yes. are you doing here? And I'm like, me, just as my name is being called to go on. Yes. Oh, no, that's what it was. For him in particular, he is a huge fan of a particular American comedian. It doesn't matter who it was. And I used to fantasise that he was trying to get in stage store and there was a big queue and they wouldn't let anyone in. And then I walk past him and says yes. rope for me and goes in and he's like, see you later. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm, and they're like, do you know gotcha. that guy? I'm like, no. In your Dancing with the Stars winning outfit. Yeah, that's it. A little sequin tutu. With the mirror ball. With how, holding my trophy. Oh, this, sorry, is this shiny. This old thing. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, my God. I couldn't love you more. Now I'm going to put links in on socials and oh, yes. in the show notes to your shows, but give us a quick what's your show about? Where can we see you around Australia? Called, I'm not a fan of the title. Don't worry about this. The title is I'm as surprised as you are. It's uh, I'm only doing 10 shows in Melbourne, Melbourne Comedy Festival. I'm sorry, last week of March, I think. You'll find and it. Then, I'll put and links. And then I'm doing a few individual shows that aren't on sale yet. I'm doing one in Tassie in two weeks, so that'll be the first one. And then we're going to add a few dates as we go. But find me on Instagram and I'll post I'll post whenever we do new shows. But it's quite mm. a lot of baby. It's pretty much a catch-up show, so it's the last four years of my life which involves meeting this guy and having a baby. So mm. it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of baby stuff. If that's something that I'm very aware you know of what? I, I yes, I think you're too hyper aware of that, if I'm perfectly honest. Because I came with with Linda last night and saw the show. Um Linda's a stepmom, but she's never had a baby. And we were talking about the show with you, but also after and she found it completely relatable. So I think just be wary of kind of going, oh, sorry, sorry, there's too much baby if you haven't had yeah. a baby. I think it's it's very human and I mean this genuinely. I really do think you are like the stand-up of your generation. Okay. You are such a great stand-up. You're in safe hands at one of your shows, but there's mm-hmm. a real, there's a vulnerability without it being needy. Oh, my gosh, that's the biggest thing. You know what I mean? yeah. Oh, that's the dream. You yeah. know when you go for yeah. some and you think, oh, shit, you're not through this. Yeah. This You need therapy not to be doing stand-up. It's uncomfortable. Like yeah. it's a trauma share. Yeah. Yours goes right up to the line, I reckon, where you kind of go, yes, I feel the pain, but shit, it's still funny. <laughs> and that started with the first show, with the cheating show, which I had a conversation yeah. with. Every line in that show, I had to be able to justify why it was a joke. Yeah, like, great. I mean, there's no, you're not allowed to talk about anything on on stage until you're okay with it. Because if the audience yes. can tell if you're not okay, and they're like, "Whoa, yeah. I, I don't want to leave a show worried for you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean. Whereas I leave your show going, "Oh, me too. We're all right. <laughs> We're all right. Look at us. We're out Look on at us. We're all a bit fucked. <laughs> How great is that? <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, well, thank you so much. This has been the best time. Honestly. Talk out the rest. Are you going to come back, back for sloppy seconds? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got all of the highlights of the best stories, but I'm sure there's other. I'm sure oh, no. I've got so many more questions. But off you go and see that baby, and I will see you very soon. And have a great festival. Thanks, Nelly. Love you, girl. Bye. Dear Nelly, I could use some advice. Dear Nelly, 
Yes, some help would be nice, dear Nelly. I'm eager to hear your point of view, dear Nelly. There's a lot to explore, dear Nelly. When you're 40 or more, dear Nelly. So I'm hoping we can talk it through. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Dear Nelly. Now, don't be shy. I would love to hear your questions and comments. To send me a recording or an email, go to nellythomas.com and follow the links. It's super easy. And you might hear me talk about your question in a future episode. Huge thanks to producer Sam Peterson from the Producer Boy Creative Production team and to producer Faye Younger, who in addition to being an excellent human, is also a brilliant real estate buyer's advocate and can be found at youngerhill.com. Thanks to Acast and all the team. And lastly, to you. Without the listeners, I'm just a middle-aged mole talking shit to no one. Please rate, review and consider subscribing for five bucks a month for a bonus episode and to help me keep the lights on. And tell your bloody mates, would you? I'd really appreciate it. Love yous.